Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Tom Bombadil. No, Phil Blackman. Phil, Yo, what up? Going, it's, it's, it, it's Phil the Bombadil <laughs> over here. Question for you, Zach. Yeah. Who, is it likelier that the most aggressive degenerate is going to open the actual one-for-one one ring? Or one of you mean like you me? Or like you're talking or, about like Alex Bertaccini will open the one ring or something? Do you think the one ring is more likely to be opened by a a, a terrible degenerate? Or do you think the, like a the, moral, the moral compass of the world upon which we live will bestow upon this million dollar bill it, to... You know, the, it's hard the, to say because... Of us. it would Okay, so it could be on flavor, right? And the one ring, you know, slips and finds its way into the hands of of a deserving uh you know uh morally correct you know hobbit or uh you know it could just be the dark one finds finds his ring and uh you know we're cast into an age of darkness um so i i, I don't know phil uh it's it would be on flavor if it went to to like a child right like it just went to somebody who just like had no idea what they had uh or like the the like cool uncle of a child and then and then it was just passed down i don't know if i open it i'm buying a house the answer <laughs> is it's going to go to the richest amongst us yes eventually uh, eventually it will find its yeah eventually it will find its hand to the richest person uh and the i feel like the the cool thing about this is that the what the ring does, i mean this is going to be a flavor episode you're going to tell us all the, all the flavor and whether or not the top down <laughs> flavor of the cards that have been spoiled yep. so far we're recording the same day as the initial spoilers yep if that if the flavor hits but i think as as somebody who i know the lore i've seen the movies but i don't know it as in depth as you like you're you're a master at the stuff i am definitely the casual for lord of the rings but what the one of one ring actually does flavor wise compared to what the one ring does in the story I feel like it's pretty spot on. It's, it's, it's just, pretty it's pretty close. Yeah, I, I just, like it a let's, lot. Let's let's all draw out the worst of us as much as possible yeah. and uh you know print this million dollar bill. I mean, that's the thing, right? Where if, if somebody opens this, they are in the unique place of knowing that only one is in existence. Yes. And therefore get to dictate the you price. You get to say how much it costs, right? It's it's yeah. it's so rare to, that there you get are to be more, in a position where you There are like, more Alpha Black Lotuses than there will be this one ring, right? This, so. this and the 96, 1996 World Championship card are the only two cards that will have a single copy of itself. Yeah. But this one will be worth way more because the 1996 World Championship card doesn't unplayable. have... It's, not only is it unplayable, <laughs> but it doesn't also doesn't have the iconic lore of the the greatest or yeah the, the greatest well story known, ever told right like come the, on the, the most well-known uh uh story in all of nerddom yeah. aside from like star wars and also if th this thing will never see a table this thing will never be put down on the oh, table man, no. it will be it open, shouldn't it will be graded and put into a metallic case that will never see air ever again yeah i i think yeah i think you're correct uh for for background just so everyone knows where i'm coming from uh lore wise I am a card-carrying member of the Tolkien Society. I have my, like, uh, I have my Amon Hen like uh, magazines behind me, which are like the the like. Uh, it, it's basically like what what Phil in the Wind does, but uh, but for Lord of the Rings, right? Like, so I I uh, am a card uh, like I'm on it. Like this is my this is my thing. Uh, you heard Nate today. Nate, uh, sorry, Blake today on on the uh episode like the drop episode for the first also we have an interview that zach did with blake that yes. uh zach is gonna link right here bang so check that out over there a good quick interview. um so the thing about that is, is so blake blake does a really good job of of talking about like the base level of nerddom for this when he starts off the, the um the episode of the cast or whatever uh the first look and and he says i'm enough of a Lord of the Rings fan that I I like could tell people that I've read the Silmarillion but I don't remember all the parts I'm the guy that remembers most of the parts I don't know all of them but like hashtag Feanor did nothing wrong that's all I'm saying uh and that means so, nothing to me yeah yeah it fills in the dark you know Phil uh Phil just so that you know the Silmarils are these jewels 
that uh, that this guy Feanor made, and then Morgoth, who's the OG Dark Lord, stole. And he, no one needs this information, right? Like, I I have way too much uh, knowledge on on the subject, uh, so this is the one time I can get to kind of uh, Lord Lord of the Rings it over everybody. Anyhow, the One Ring. Let's talk about the One Ring because I am super excited about this card. Um, the One Ring is a four mana legendary artifact with indestructible, and it says. What does it say, Phil? It says, uh, when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. And then it has, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose a life for each burden counter on the one ring. And then it has tap, add a bur put a burden counter on the one ring, and then draw cards equal to the number of burden counters. So, on, on first read, I didn't put together that you weren't taking damage when you tap it. You're taking damage on your upkeep. So, if you can find ways to untap this... That's like an Ancestral Recall, right? Like you play it for four, it's four mana, sure. You play it for four mana, you time walk, right? Like your opponent's not doing anything to you for the next turn. And it's, it's going to be very hard for them to kill the one ring as well. Yeah, because uh, it's indestructible. Of note, it doesn't give your stuff protection. It only gives you protection. Correct. Which yeah. is an effective time walk in that it means you can't die unless yeah. they play a card like Fastest Oracle that says they win the game. So Correct. otherwise you are untouchable for the turn. Although your stuff on board can still be interacted with. Yes, yes, and that and that that does uh, enter a, a weird realm of fair play that I'll talk about when we when I talk about how to use this card. But uh, so if you can untap this with Voltaic Key, that's two cards. Then it's like five cards because like the next turn you're gonna tap it and get and draw like a third like one two three like you draw one untap it draw two untap it for your next turn, draw three, untap it, draw four. You're up 10 cards. Yeah, so the One Ring is powerful. In a vacuum by itself, it's really powerful because it scales with the burden counters. So yes, like the, the capacity to do untap shenanigans and draw just an insane amount of cards is absurd. Uh, but also with any type of proliferation effect, I get that, that secondary uh, will also be very strong with this card. The I, I've seen some mixed reviews at first glance where some people are like, oh, it's too expensive or uh, because it, it it doesn't impact the board, it's not necessarily powerful It enough. impacts the board. But, well, it impacts the board in that <laughs> you're protected and it draws a bunch of yeah. cards, but like it, at, at four mana, it doesn't do anything to the table. Like it protects you, but it doesn't disrupt sure. your opponent. It doesn't do anything. But the raw rate on how many cards this thing will draw, particularly in Legacy where Soul Lands and Fast Mana is available, yeah. this thing replaces itself immediately on top of giving you protection. So you know that it your, your life total is gonna be the same when you untap because you you can't lose life because you have protection for everything. So but you can lose you. life. That's an important distinction. Uh, damage dealt to you is reduced to zero. But if somebody oh, so draining, draining agony, will still drain you. They'll get you. Yeah. No, they can't target you. That's what I mean. Yes, they cannot target you. This is true. Yeah, but if yeah, they yeah. find some way to to make you lose life, which is why the the one ring and the life loss thing is important because that does balance it out. Not that you'd have protection mm. when the damage would be happening. Right, right, right. But the, the, also the a powerful part of this card for a couple of particular reasons in Legacy. The first by itself is that you can go cast this, gain protection, tap it, draw a card, untap in your upkeep, lose one life, tap it, draw two cards. So you've effectively four mana ancestral. And then yeah. you can just cast another one, legend rule it, and then gain protection again and then do it again. So yeah. it's it's like four mana ancestrals that give you protection from everything by itself as a baseline for multiples is really good because it means that like drawing multiples isn't bad. Yeah. Uh, now, the, I think the, the second part of the, the the second thing that's very good about this card is indestructible is actually pretty good on a well, it's not good on a creature. It is good on our artifact. The most played removal spells for artifacts or enchantments in the format are destroy effects. So yeah. Meltdown is a destroy effect. Wear Tear is a destroy effect. Any of like, you know, Outland Liberator or whatever is a destroy effect. The only thing that exiles that's routinely played is Prismatic Ending. Yeah. And at that point you're trading at mana parity and you've already gone up a card. So you've gotten the protection effect and you've tapped it to draw on a card in response if they try and do that. So you are just well ahead in that play pattern. The only other thing is like maybe the singleton leyline binding here and there, but even then you're still going up the card in positions where you're probably playing soul lands with this card. And the third thing that's really powerful, which I know that you'll get into, is that it says when you cast it, not when you cast it from hand. Yeah, no, and not that is from really hand. Valuable. That's that is gigantic. That means that means that you can loop this shit with Emery. 
Yeah, well, that's what really I should bad. say, is where would we be seeing this in Legacy, right? Maybe in a mono-red stompy list, now that initiative's gone, that could be a thing. But specifically, specifically, holy god, this card and Emery in 8-cast is just bonkers. Like, being able to just be like, oh, I'll tap Emery and put a One Ring into play, and then I'll draw some cards, and then I'll untap, and maybe I'll draw, you know, like, let, let I'll take the damage, draw two cards, and then use Emery to cast the other one that's in your graveyard. Boop, legendary rule, that one goes to the graveyard. You still have protection, so like nobody can, basically you put a giant energy field down that your opponent cannot get through while you take one damage a turn uh, and and go up three cards a turn. Uh, that's, that's insane. And like, it's not like eight cast is a deck that like you're just gonna hide behind it and then like eventually die to your one damage a turn off of your, uh, off of your um, one ring, you're going to be like, okay, cool. Now they have a full grip again. I guess I'll just toss down Kappa Cannoneer and slam this thing down. Untap every. I've got protection again. Untap and kill you. You know, like you're I gonna. Think, yeah, yeah. It's bonkers. The, the the powerful thing about this card is that it is an engine by itself because yeah. it scales with the counters. So, it, it, in terms of like thinking, where would a de where would this kind of thing slot in? It can be incidental in uh an eight cast deck but because of because of how the the volume of cards upon which it can draw when it etbs like before you get to untap and it's indestructible like it has so many layers of protection for itself between like the recursiveness that's like actively played in the format indestructible already is really powerful um it's not it'll, blue it'll, it's not <laughs> so blue. can't be pyroflastic the the part that I um, that jumps out to me about this card is this is an A level thing in deck building. You're gonna you're gonna look at this as like okay, if this is the powerful thing to do, and that like what you were talking about, it's like okay, if we want this, then we want to put it in with like Voltaic keys and manifold keys or whatever. And then looking at other things in your C plan, like you know Mystic Forge or whatever, yeah. that also wants the keys can be really like. This strikes me as this will create new archetypes by itself because the draw oh, yeah. is so powerful. It will be a new combo deck. I, I want to also uh, reiterate that, like in that scenario with Emery, you don't need to have two of them. You could have Psy in play and use Psy to sacrifice it to draw a card, uh, and then cast it and get the get the Thopter and that, and like keep drawing a card off off of it with Psy, so you don't have to have like a second copy to make this great. And you don't really need a second copy to make it great anyhow. I feel like if you get to draw like four cards off this, you should probably be winning the game in, in a deck that is so so much of an avalanche as eight cast is, where you're just like boop, 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 and all of a sudden like three or four extra cards just like get you to a point where like almost your entire deck is free. It's also not speaking to like we're we're just talking about ways that you would do you would do these things to offset the fact that you do have to take damage in your upkeep. This is not counting for the fact that like you could just play life game, you know, like Sylvan yeah. Library sees a ton of play and people just offset the card disadvantage with life game. And then there's also some decks that just don't care about life total. Yeah. So you can be like against the, the decks that are trying to kill you in one shot or the control decks where life total is a little bit less relevant. You can just be like, all right, I'm going to cast this. I'm going to draw one, take a damage in my upkeep, draw two. And then now you have two burden counters. So you'll take two. That means that you've traded three life to three cards. That rate is unbelievable. Yeah, and that's, that's Necropotence. Imagine. We have it, unbanned Necropotence, guys. What, once you've drawn three cards, you take three damage off of the burden counters, but you've drawn three cards. That means that you've paid four life and four mana for six cards. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's an insane rate. And it only gets more insane as turns go on. Like, once you're tapping this thing and drawing more than three cards, it's, it, it's, it's wild times. This, this strikes me as, like, the... I, I, I really do think that the only home that this is going to, or the main home that it's going to see play in is it will just establish a new combo deck. Like, yeah, I think, uh, I think th this could just make valid. a colorless combo deck. Because like the, the, the rate of card draw on this thing is bonkers by comparison to most other things we have access to. So Granted, it's over several turn cycles, but it's yeah. still insane. So let's talk about the flavor real fast. Uh, I give this an A plus on flavor, right? Uh, the One Ring is indestructible obviously right uh it gives you the illusion of of power with this like one turn protection from everything situation you even get to draw a card for free right and then 
things start to go badly for you, right? Like every time you use it, the more you use it, I have a one ring right here, my wedding ring. Uh, the more you use it, the more uh, the the more sapped you become. So uh, flavor off the charts for this. I I love I love the flavor for this. I would have never thought to to design this particular card. So well well done. I would have made this like uh, an equipment that you put on a creature and, and made it like unblockable yeah. or something stupid. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's the one ring. Uh, I mean, I think I think we've we've given you enough to work with here. We'll eventually be posting decks with the One Ring and stuff like that. But for now, the One Ring, A+. Um, so let's move on to uh, some other some other revelations. One of the revelations, uh, if you didn't watch the... Uh, and I, I have a reaction video up here too uh, for me uh, watching the, the uh, first look event and live reacting to it. Um, but one of the uh, revelations we found out is there will be no Planeswalkers in this set. Yes, uh, one of the things that I was dropping in both uh, our Discord and the 90s NTD Discord and every chat that I've been in so far is the biggest takeaway from the announcement beyond the spoilers to me is when Blake expressly said that this was not this set was not designed with Modern Horizons power level. Yeah, so just the which, pricing. Uh, just the pricing just, from Modern Horizons. That, 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 that <laughs> statement alone of effectively saying, we didn't arbitrarily power creep the shit out of everything to rotate every format blessings blessings sure. i mean whatever I, I, you you play with the cards you got you know like that's you that. play with the cards you got but it, it's so <laughs> it, like now i'm going to enjoy the spoiler season not going oh geez what are we going to get that's going to break the format and instead i'm going to be going what fun new cards are we going to get in this i set? mean you know? come on you know you know th that there's a level of of them just even saying they, that to say it <laughs> look even if they do even if they do print something absolutely fucking busto my my, my Pondering. The, the the way that I am uh, going to uh, go into the spoiler season for this set is excited as opposed to skeptical. Yeah. And that, that changes at the least they At least they realized that that ha had been a problem and, and they have addressed it verbally, if yes, not through design. It, 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 I, I'm <laughs> not going to be worrying about what's going to up in the format. Instead, I'm going to be going, what new exciting things can we look forward to today? And that's just such a great feeling for yeah. a spoiler season. So some other some other like news things before we get done some other cards. Um, so we're gonna see some reprints in the form of box toppers. Uh, Wasteland was already uh, announced as. The, Are you gonna uh, replace your wastelands? Yeah, you can. I, ooh, am I? I might. Are, if, this, so, if these are cheap enough, I might. I, I, okay, I, so I would. Tell me, is the Valley of Gorgoroth, which is the Wasteland skin, is that flavorful for Wasteland? Yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, that is a Wasteland. That is like, that is the, the, the Badlands, basically. Like, if it was Badlands, it would be even more more perfect. But like, that is the exact idea. Like, if you listen, you, I can look at this and I can hear Bruce Springsteen playing. Like, that's how much of a Badlands it is. But a Wasteland yeah. is, is uh flavor-wise, is, is, is pretty spot on. And, like, when Mount Doom blows, doesn't it, like, you know, aren't you sacrificing the wasteland to destroy, like, everything else around it? Word. Um, but, yeah, so they're reprinting Wasteland as a box topper. Uh, bridge of Khazad, Khazad Doom is uh, a staring bridge. The party tree, that's the tree that uh, uh, at the 111th birthday party for, uh, for Bilbo... Uh, the party tree is the Great Henge. Um, that's where my all-time favorite scene from Lord of the Rings uh, is is from the movies is when they take that one scene uh, from the Ralph Bakshi films where, like, there's that guy, like, just putting his feet up and he's like, and proud foots, and the guy goes, proud feet! <laughs> that's my favorite, my favorite part. Um, but anyhow, so the party tree is there. Um, we get some uh, some interesting reprints of Soul Ring that are serialized, and they're the uh, the, the Elven Rings and the Dwarven Rings and the Rings for Men. Uh, there will be three thousand, seven thousand, and nine thousand in different numbers, which is you know the, the, whatever. The serialized the serialized cards are three hundred, seven hundred, and nine hundred. So also fewer than Alpha Lotuses. True. Yes, but th so there's another like weird foiling that they're doing with that which will bring it up to three thousand seven thousand and nine thousand I, I i can 
I'll pop the thing over here so that you can give it a look. But I didn't understand any of it. I thought he was mis mis uh, characterizing what was going on. But after looking at it, there will be three thousand, seven thousand, and nine thousand. Uh, maybe that's because it's the number of you know the d different number of rings or something. I yeah, they, I'm not said, they sure. said that they they said that the numbers were chosen because there's three rings to elves, seven rings to dwarves, and nine rings to men. Yeah, only and three so of those just, rings they, are named, which is like yeah. They they said be, that, that in his announcement he was like it's from the the so the uh, styling on those promos is the elfin text of the poem yeah. that, that refers to the rings, and so he said. As he was talking about, he was like, That's yeah, in... three, seven, and nine. And then they just extrapolated those numbers out. But they, the reason that it's 300, 700, 900, or whatever, is because of three, seven, nine. Uh, just as a heads up, that that uh, the text on those is is uh, Quenya, which is the elven text. But the language is the black speech of Mordor. Because Sauron didn't have the time to like make up a whole new like letter system. So he just used the elves' letter system. So that's you know that's where that's coming from. Anyhow, uh, so so there's that. Uh, then then we have some of the commander cards. Uh, you get Radagast, uh, Wizard of the Wilds, which is like a bird and beast commander, uh, which I think not I think not, we just not legacy had, relevant. Yeah, we just recently had something like that. And then you get Sam, loyal attendant, which is uh, he pairs with Frodo. That's cool, I guess. So um, the, the 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 trick about this card is. A three mana two four that uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn makes a food token. So making a food token every turn on a three mana two four, and then it says activated abilities of foods you control cost one less to activate. So this effectively turns your two mana for three life into one mana for three life. Yeah, that's that, not terrible. That, that, that by itself isn't good. However, it's a legendary creature. So it in Caracas's colors, and at the beginning of, of making a food token every turn, that's one mana three life. That can blank combat We're pretty quickly. At Maverick, <laughs> thinking about Maverick. Well, the, other, this, huh? the, the, the yeah. other thing about this, though, that makes it that that is still interesting, is because it has partner with Frodo Adventurous Hobbit, which hasn't been spoiled yet. It draws a card. If, <laughs> if Frodo Adventurous Hobbit is good, it tutors. Yeah. And the other one will tutor the other way. So, like the fact that both of them draw a card plus give you like so this tutors a card and gives you a gain piece in the same turn that it comes in, and then that gain piece is relevant to stopping combat oriented decks. Yeah. Like. This one, and, and it doesn't die to both, it's a 2-4. So this one is very much in the range of me to potentially being playable because it does enough incidental things in a color that can abuse it a little bit better than anything else. So yeah. like, it seems at first glance like it's trash or that it's not playable. And I actually think that it is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Without uh, even knowing what the other card is. Like yeah. if the other card is good, that, that's really what matters. Like if the other card is playable, then we're talking. So uh, I'll, I'll just go over a couple of the other cards that aren't really worth mentioning on a big scale. Uh, Reprieve is a white remand. Cool for it's modern a better players remand. that want a white remand. It is a it's better, better remand. It yeah, is, I guess because it, 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 it gets around uh, like can't be countered spells, right? It, it means you can, returning a spell means that you it, it can still stop a Cavern of Souls creature where remand oh. itself cannot. Remand says there you go. counter target spell. If it's countered this way, return it to hand, draw a card. If well, that even that matters I, in modern, you know, like no, no, I mean, well, <laughs> Cavern of Souls definitely does. Like Cavern against like a uh, 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 primeval titan, like yeah, that yeah, is yeah. very relevant. Sure. The, yeah. the, dif the the difference here is that like Reprieve being able, like that is the one specific clause on that Reprieve, the the interaction that Reprieve does that Remand doesn't. Where this one is just in my mind a strictly better Remand. Now yeah. it may not be actually better because it's in white rather than blue, and that may be the difference maker. But in terms of like. Uh, car, like looking at the cards without looking at the colors like this is a strictly better remand yeah uh we got you cannot pass which i think is a strictly not gonna play this okay hold on <laughs> i gotta like come back and say uh, all the people who are like but phil what if you're playing remand with brawl like you counter the spell with your remand so you can get your loots all right okay you, you fucking got me guy guy <laughs> who's thinking about that one dude brawl yeah um, okay, yeah, well, on, so on to the next one. What do we think about Aragon and Arwen the Wed? Uh, I mean, I think it's fine. It looks like uh, three six for six mana. We're not going to see that in in this. It's in green, in bro. It's in green. What? Because it pop it, it like puts a plus one plus one counter on all your guys and gains you some life. It I don't says, know, man. I wouldn't. Whenever... I wouldn't show and tell this in 
Whenever uh, it uh, enters the battlefield or attacks, you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, and then you gain one life for each creature you control. Which means that every time you attack, you'll gain a life for your whole board. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, man. Okay, uh, maybe, cool. maybe. No, definitely uh, not. Yeah. No way. I think Sora and the Lidless Eye has a bet has a better chance of being playable as like a foil to uh, Emrakul. <laughs> you know, I saw this card. It's three black red for a four four that says when it enters the battlefield, you gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn. Untap it and gains haste, so it's a threaten. Yeah. And then it has one black red creatures you control get plus two plus zero until end of each turn or, or until until end of turn and each opponent loses two life. So it's a mana sink that can drain your opponent out. Yeah. This card, when I when it was spoiled, I immediately thought, man, the 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 thing that's making Chaos Defiler relevant is that it's an artifact. But I'm like, this card won't see play because Chaos Defiler exists. Now, I get that there's different, uh, you know, it being an artifact is the reason that Chaos Defiler is playable. But at least for Legacy, I don't think a five mana threaten, even if it's on a four four legend, is uh, is going to do anything. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Uh, Tom Bombadil, uh, is, as far as flavor is concerned, I have some things to talk about there. But to, let, let me just explain what Tom Bombadil is as a magic card. Uh, it's a four four for all five colors, legendary creature, god bard. As long as there are four or more lore counters among sagas you control, Tom Bombadil has hexproof and indestructible. Whenever the final chapter ability of a saga resolves, reveal from the top of your library until you reveal a saga card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library, then shuffle. This ability triggers only once each turn. Um, the cool thing about this, we're not playing this in Legacy, just as a heads up. Like every, I think I think I, I should just throw that out there. We're not playing this in Legacy. Very cool commander. I love a five color commander. I think, so Tom Bombadil is this guy in Lord of the Rings that like before like every before Frodo and Sam and and uh Mary and Pippin get to uh Rivendell uh Tom Bombadil uh like helps him get get away from a tree and then he puts on the one ring and he doesn't care it doesn't do anything to him he gives it back he's one of only two characters in Lord of the Rings that willingly gets rid of the the one ring who's the other uh sam samwise gamgee very powerful yeah so that and and that says something about like about like that as a character but the cool thing about this the flavor thing about this is he's a god bard so that's not that's not canon actually uh tom bombadil uh has a lot of lore videos online. You could look up a lot of fan theories online about him. One of the big fan theories is that he is Iru Iluvatar. He is the uh, god of the Tol of Tolkien's universe, of the Legendarium, right? And that's not like canon. That's just like a fan theory. It's cool that they, like they they threw it into here. But the other fun thing that like is the other fan theory is this is actually just Tolkien. Is this the Mary Sued version of Tolkien that he threw into the story? As, as like himself and he was like I'm in the story boop 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 and then like he's out you know he didn't like he yo didn't like if only like... they if if only this card had the flavor uh the like the flavor ability called boop 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 that'd be so much better <laughs> but uh the other cool thing is is if we you know we, we take that new count that this is Tolkien the fact that he cares about sagas that's kind of that's kind of meta I like that yeah yeah, it's 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 another it's it's another uh, Vorthos. Like yeah. this, they they printed Vorthos as the character in uh, I forget what set they put that into Infinity. Yeah, right. We'll we'll go with it. I think it was un not unglued. Whatever came after unglued. Unhinged. Yeah, the, the, unhinged. The, the, whatever whatever the whatever the card that is just like the Vorthos. It's kind of yeah. it, it reminded me of that when it came up, where I was like, oh, it just cares about stories and stuff. But like. I mean, the effect is pretty sweet. I mean, the mana cheat, if you have, like, big sagas, is going to be pretty insane. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things where you just, like, you want, like, just a couple very powerful sagas in your deck. And as that happens, like, it just, like, you just get another new great saga. Uh, or, and then there's also, there, like, there's there, one that just shuffles all the cards back into your deck. So, like, you could get like you could get to a point where like you're just cycling all your sagas constantly yeah you're, you're just like all right i'm gonna enlighten tutor my qr best of c god to the top of my deck and then just put it into play yeah 
Um, okay, so then after that, we've got uh, Mount Doom, uh, which is basically a callback to Shivan Gorge. <laughs> it's you a know, callback to Shivan Gorge legend, and Legendary Land from and, and, Saga and Sulphurous Springs. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, the other thing is that you can pay seven mana to. Uh, so you, to yeah, like, to, to read it, it's a, it's a legendary land that says pay one life, add red or black. One black red tap, it deals a damage to each opponent. And then five black red, sacrifice it in a legendary artifact, choose up to two creatures, then destroy the rest. So even without being as deep into flavor as you are, I get the flavor from the story yeah. of what this one's doing, right? Let, tell me if I'm wrong here. Pay one life, add red or black. Okay, it's a volcanic mountain with hot magma in it. Cool, it makes black or red mana. We get yep. it. Uh, pay, deal one damage to each opponent. It's because it's a fucking wasteland and everything hurts and nothing goes right for anybody and it sucks. So yeah, deal sure. a damage. It's a shivin gorge, yeah. <laughs> and then and then five black Mount Doom sacrifice a legendary artifact. It's representative of the ring falling into it and annihilating everybody. But Sam and Frodo survive and therefore choose two creatures. That is correct. Yeah, you got. Oh yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, apparently, apparently, when you did this, the only two creatures you had into play were Sam and Frodo, and you didn't have anything better that you could choose. <laughs> no, no, you had, you had. I mean, well, they get each other, you know. They they yeah. partnered. So then we've got uh, Frodo, Soren's Bane, and Samwise the Stouthearted. Let's talk about uh, Frodo, so, Soren's Bane. For, for for my own sake, is it? I've I've heard it pronounced two different ways. I've heard it pronounced Soren, like Soren, like mm -hmm. the vampire. And then I've also heard it pronounced Saudon. Yeah. And so, I don't know if one is just like trying to put on an accent or which one's actually correct. So look, I'm I'm a person of, of the world, let's say. Uh, I have, I, I grew up in Ohio. I lived in South Jersey. I lived in North Carolina. I lived in New York. So I have, I have, I think, I think it was uh, uh, Jeremy Remix uh, who once said to me, are you from here originally? Cause you just talk like, I can't place your accent. You know, and so I, I just, I say things and, and you're going to hear me not only mispronounce it, but, but re-mispronounce it in a different way. I think it's, it should be pronounced Sauron. Okay. Uh, it's just like so Saruman. I... Saruman is the uh, other one, but you could say Saruman. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So, so it's, it's not like there's a universe, like the, it, the collectively everybody is like, this is the correct way, even though people pronounce it differently. It's, it's. I, I'm sure there is a linguistic I mean, way, but like Tolkien has of, said it out loud, so he, he like we've oh, heard it. What you is know? what does he say? I'm pretty sure he says Sauron. Okay, okay. I just wanted to know because like I, I I've always pronounced it Sauron, but I've heard a lot of people say Soren the same like pronounced similar to the vampire, and I was like, I wonder which one's no, actually different. Right. Different guy. Um, okay. No, I just I, I just shortcut things, and I have like that's where my South Jersey accent comes out a little Dude, bit. Teferi Tefri, I get it. Tefri, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get enough comments about that. By the way, if you're enjoying this, like, subscribe, comment. What are your favorite cards so far? Uh, yeah, I, have you read I, for, Have you read all all of the Legendarium like I have? For the most part, the only time that the mispronunciation of a, a name in Magic has annoyed the shit out of me, there are two. So I shouldn't say the only time. There are two. Like if you say Sauron instead of Sauron, like who cares? But if you say uh, Garuk instead of Garrick, <laughs> or if I love you say if you say Hogak instead of Hogak, it uh, it just I I, I I tense up. I I I was uh, this is because of Twenty Side Store. I would occasionally say Yase instead of Jace. Well, that's that's just that's just being played. That's voluntarily playful. Yeah, that's yeah. not like you know. I I, 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 I said Garuk a few times. I I don't even care because he's like not a character anymore. He's not a character. I mean, he'll come back eventually, but like, yeah, he always you know, does. It, it, yeah it, it is confirmed Garrick and it's confirmed Hogak, not Garuk or Hogak. All right, moving on. Yeah, moving. So anyhow, Frodo Sauron's Bane uh, is a legendary halfling citizen. You can pay Orzov Orzov to make him a scout with that becomes a 2-3 with lifelink. He starts off as a 1-2. Then you can play black, pay black, black, black. If he's a scout, he becomes a rogue, and then he gets whenever uh, he deals combat damage to a player. 
That player loses the game if you have tempted the ring four or more times. Otherwise, you tempt the ring, or the ring tempts you. Uh, Which they haven't explained yet. At no, the time the, of this I kept trying to ask, and, no, and, and he wouldn't ask, a, yeah, answer. No, he, uh, he, 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 he he did say that uh, they weren't spoiling that mechanic today. Yeah. Beyond like what what uh, this is this my is my guess is it's, is it's like uh, being in a dungeon, which is terrible. But this is the only card so <laughs> far that does that that refers to getting to do something if you've been tempted. There are a bunch of other cards that we'll talk about uh, yeah. that that tempt you, uh, but there aren't any payoffs with it. So yeah, I mean, so and, and, we should and, then and talk about Samwise then. Yeah, this uh, unfortunately it seems like this is just going to be another parasitic mechanic where you get to do something if the ring tempts you, and this is the only set where the ring will be able to tempt you. Yeah. I have a question about Frodo. Beyond it being a uh, what's the Boros card that originally did this? Figure or of destiny. Figure of destiny. Beyond being a figure of destiny, uh, in the lore of Lord of the Rings, are they halflings or are they hobbits? Halflings. Or are they interchangeable? Halflings are actually. Uh, now which is the coast, but TSRs, uh, we're not going to get sued by the Tolkien Estate word for Hobbits. Oh, so the Tolkien Estate owns Hobbit, and then Hobbit, and yeah, Hobbit came first, actually, um, because because uh, what happened was when D and D started becoming a thing, and they started adding races and stuff, they were gonna call, they literally were gonna call halflings Hobbits. And the Tolkien Estate was like, we will sue the pants off of you. And they were like, halflings then. I see. Okay. So that's, that's a, even though they have the IP here, they don't have the rights to the word Hobbit. I think so that just it just like mechanically speaking, they're the same, they are the same thing. And there are cards that, you know, work with halfling. Uh, right, right. That, but I'm saying that know, like, like they, if you want to make a halfling like Lord deck or something like that, you can, totally. you can include these guys. Cause that would suck I, I, if you couldn't. I'm saying that like, if if they had if if they didn't have to worry about getting sued or had the rights to Hobbit, they would have used Hobbit here, not Halfling. I think they I think they easily could use Hobbit. Okay. It just I I truly believe that uh, calling this late in the game after they've already like you know I think we were I I was talking to somebody the other day about Lost Soul. If you read Lost Soul, it's it's summon Lost Soul, which is not a thing anymore. It's now like Spirit Minion or something like that. But like, I think that they're trying to get to a point where they only have like X, X amount of different kinds of creatures, especially if they're so close to each other, and yeah. just make them just make them halflings because halflings already exist in Magic the Gathering, and we yeah. don't want to keep like, you know, like, is are Kithkin just Kithkin? Or are they halflings? I don't remember, but uh, I think it just gets to a point where they're like, you know what? Like, we don't need to add another creature type to the game that like no one's going to use, especially outside of this, when we could have this work you know and, and yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. sure they're thinking about for commander we're like some people just like so there's guy out there that's like i'm gonna make a halfling like centric commander deck totally. you know yeah like people do that like I, shout out to ryan fisher who was playing an all thrawn deck uh with like against us at uh at command fest in like may ridiculous anyhow uh so let's go to samwise the stout-hearted he is a two-mana flesh two-one uh, when he enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature permanent you control uh, that was put there from the battlefield this turn. Uh, sorry, one creature, uh, one permanent you control in a graveyard that was put there uh, this turn, and you can return to your hand, uh, and, it, and then he tempts the ring. The the artwork on this one being called the Stouthearted, you could easily alter him holding a Guinness in his left hand. <laughs> that would be good. And this that actually looks... I, I, and I said this in the in the review. This actually kind of has like the facial features of Sean Astin, which is pretty. It cool. does. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you know, and we'll put up some of the other uh, versions of these cards because you get some really cool looks at like what the art is going to look like. The one Frodo one, uh, that is the showcase Frodo one, is is a straight callback to the to the Ralph Bakshi films, which is really cool to me. He, he's got the like the like haircut mm -hmm. um so that's that's rad um then we have the shire that creates a food token <laughs> yeah is it is the shire underwhelming to you i mean or is it flavorfully it on shouldn't it be so <laughs> you know? so you think that's so you think it's good the the, the shire 
Yeah. It's a legendary land that enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a legendary creature. It has add green, and then it has one green tap. Tap an untapped creature you control, create a food token. So it's just Yeah, more the food, only thing I, but... could, I could think of that it could do otherwise is like if you have the one ring, it puts Gandalf in your hand or something like that. Wow, you know, like... wow, wow. <laughs> you know, well. but aside from that, like, I think, you know, like... It's yeah, sort of being bland is good. Yeah, like the Shire... The only thing that happens in the Shire is at the very end of Lord of the Rings, after the movie is done, there is a there are twenty seven endings. Yeah, there, okay. there's another chapter basically where uh, the, the hobbits go back to the Shire, and Sauron uh, has taken over the Shire with Wormtongue, and they they have to like take back the Shire. It's called the Scouring of the Shire. I don't know if you're if if you want to go and read uh, Return of the King, it's the, like the last like forty pages of Return of the King. Uh, they took it out of the movies because it was like, this is boring. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we just had the big ending. What are we doing? You know? And by big ending, you mean like the big ending followed by 40 other endings. I remember when yeah. I saw it in theaters. Obviously, the movie's insanely long, right? And yep. I remember once it got to like the fourth of the 12 endings or whatever, I kid you not, there was somebody that just out loud went, Oh my God! Come on, man! <laughs> <Dude>, <laughs> everybody started laughing. It was awesome. I because nobody nobody left. Mind you, nobody. Everybody was like, "We're here. We're watching." I but saw that with a. I saw Return of the King. I, I saw all of them in the theater, but I saw Return of the King with a friend of mine, uh, and we got and we were just like so into into Lord of the Rings. And when it when we got to the end, and like Sam and Frodo are going to the Undying Lands. I started like getting teared up, man. And I was like, yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Like I was like, just like starting to get sad. Cause I knew it was over. I'm like, we're not getting any more like good Lord of the Rings. This is it. This is all the story. Like Tolkien's dead. Like we're not going to wow. get a fourth age, you know, I was bummed, but uh, yeah. So we've got that. We've got the, the basic lands, which look cool. I just want to say uh, the Island. That's not a, an what, Island guys. What, what like, do you think it, of, what do you think of the there's a couple more cards that we we skipped over you cannot pass why did sir ian mcclellan change it to you shall not pass in the movie i don't know man probably because is that is, is that do you think that was a mistake but it was their best take so they kept it or yeah i think that's really what happened yeah did 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 the did the world of tolkien fandom flip their shit when he said it wrong in the movie nope no one knew. Everybody was there weren't like, enough. There weren't enough. To like the movies created an entire base. Like I, I, I got into to Tolkien heavily after the movies, but mm. like the movies are what brought me in initially. Like I knew about the Ra Ralph Bakshi films, uh, the Ra Rankin and Bass Hobbit, and the Rankin and Bass Lord of uh, Return of the King movie. Because the Ralph Bakshi film is basically Fellowship in Two Towers, and then like they gave it back to Rankin and Bass for Return of the King. Um, I, I knew about all, all that stuff and I watched it. I even had like a ritual where every uh, every year on uh, New Year's Day, I worked at this comic shop. Everybody else would go out drinking and stuff. And I was like uh, straight edge at the time. Uh, so I worked on New Year's Day and I would mm. watch uh, the Ralph Bakshi. It's like a three and a half hour film. The Ralph Bakshi uh, return. Uh, sorry. Uh, Lord of the Rings film. Uh, and just like take in the rotoscope, you know. Uh, so I would do that every, like every year, but I didn't really get into Lord of the Rings until after the movies came out. And so what I, what I love about this is that I think that you're going to find that we get, we get almost as many Lord of the Rings fans out of this after being like being exposed to it as a magic set as Lord of the Rings fans coming in become magic fans. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. This will be one of the crossovers that's actually super effective. Like uh, my buddy Harry from from Moxfield today was like, "Should I should I read these?" And I was like, "Just get the Hobbit, start there." And he was like, "I'm just gonna get all four of the books." Yeah. And and so like you know like there's one we've got one fan we've got right? one like, yeah. So so like I think that there's gonna be a non-zero number of people that uh that you know are like okay i'm 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 up in the hype like i want to know what actually happens and they like you know they read lord of the rings mm. um my advice for those people is start with the hobbit it's a bit of a children's story but it's the shorter thing it's like 11 hours if you're on audible um you know we'll toss our audible link down below we still got that if you want to get into Hell lord yeah. of the rings this is the time to do it 
you know? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. And you get a free book. So like start with start Do with it. the Hobbit. Do uh, it. Fellowship of the Rings is a great read, but like that first like that first like third of the first book is, is you're in the Shire and you're it's just dense, yeah. they're just explaining the Shire to you. But yeah. after you get out of Shire, it's super it's great, man. Like and, and even in the Shire is good, but like they're really doing a lot of world building there. But once you get out of the Shire, it's just action all the way through. Two Towers is all action. Uh, and Return of the King does some really excellent world building. And you get like a lot, of, you know, it's just the whole thing's great. Like, I, I kid you not, this to me is the greatest story ever told. You know, uh, the Silmarillion is my Bible. You know, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about Lord of the Rings as as a thing, you know, and the fan base is amazing. Um yeah, that's that I think I think that's a great place to stop. Well, uh, we got one more one more thing oh, before we stop. We got oh, we have one more card. One more card. And we have, we have Gollum Patient Plotter. Oh yeah, Gollum. Which is which is one in a black four three one. I think I don't think this is the only Gollum. There's a there's already like there's, yeah, know we're gonna be getting up gotta be you know we're gonna be getting a bunch of different uh versions of the same characters. Yes, I wanted to mention that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, the way that they explained for this one is that the characters are based on moments throughout the story. So you're seeing the characters essentially progress through the story. Yeah, in a moment in time given. in the story, yeah. In moments in time. And then the colors for each of those cards are associated to what they are in that moment in time. So the characters obviously change as the story goes on. And so the, you know, like we already know we're getting a bunch of Gandalfs, a bunch of Frodo's, a bunch of Sam's. I imagine we're going to be getting a, several Gollum's as well because to make Gollum only an uncommon would feel weird as of all the things. Right, yeah. Um, so I imagine we'll get another version of him. But this particular version is actually a pretty relevant effect. So it's a one in a black four, three one. It says when it leaves the battlefield, the ring tempts you. We don't necessarily know how powerful that is yet because we don't know what other things can pay off that yep. mechanic. But the, the other effect is black sacrifice a creature, return Gollum from your graveyard to your hand, activate only as a sorcery. It's a sack outlet in the graveyard. Yeah, and that and, that is historically very powerful. Now I, it's mitigated because it has it, you have to pay a black. Yeah, but the fact that you can discard a sack outlet is has, is of I I don't know what deck would want this right now, but it is historically an extremely powerful effect to have sack outlets in other zones. Yeah. Now I wanted to I wanted to mention something as well is that you can do this as many times as you want because returning him is not a cost. Returning him is the payoff. So yeah, you, you, can can, sack you can hold priority. Several things. Yeah. Uh, so you, well, actually, activate this only as a sorcery. I take it all back. You the, cannot the, the, like activate this in response. You can only do it once. One thing though is that with if you have a discard outlet that doesn't cost mana, then it effectively is just black sack a creature. Yeah. Which which can be very powerful, and I would not be surprised if this if this shows up for exactly that ability because you want to be able to discard your sack outlet. Yeah. Like, that's that. It, I don't think that legacy is in a place where you can do something like that without comboing. And I think the mana gate on this and only a, it might be too steep. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. I think of all of the cards beyond the one ring itself as like the most potential to see play in legacy. I think it is that one because of that ability, which is unique. Yeah. Well, uh, I, oh, other things I wanted to say. We're gonna get a Gandalf the White. Uh, apparently, we've got Gandalf, friend of the Shire, is a card. So those are some things. Uh, we've got. I'm waiting for. Of... I'm waiting for them to give us another version of the One Ring that is just Gandalf's divining top. Where where we are looking forward to it. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess the. I mean, the One Ring. I feel like doesn't change. Um, I, I, I I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get like a whole like cycle of legendary ring cards that are like you know Nina Verna and the, I forget the names of the El Elven rings well, on the well, top of my head. One thing that Blake said though was he was like the if you can name a character in the story it is likely that they have a card in this set. So he was like, you know, sh uh, he was like I'm sure we we missed some. Yeah. He's like for, for 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 most of you out there if you can name a character they will show up in the set. Well, so yeah, so let's talk about real fast the uh commander decks. So you've got uh what? You've got uh the hosts of Mordor, which is obviously orcs and and Nazgul and stuff. You've got uh the Elven Council, which is uh that's Simic. Uh the or the Mordor one was Grixis. Uh then you've got an Abzan uh food and fellowship, which is uh I'm assuming hobbits. 
And uh, then you have the writers of Rohan, 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 uh, which Blake is was pronouncing a, it Rohan. So just just guy deck. Um, and so with that, with the writers one, like you're going to get Theoden, you're going to get Elmir, uh, you know, you'll get uh, Eowyn, you know, the, the uh, you'll probably get Pippin in, in that one. Or is it Mary? Mm-hmm. I forget which one killed the, the uh, now, now I'm, now I'm confused, but yeah, we haven't seen Mary and Pippin yet. Right. We haven't seen uh, uh, Legolas or Gimli. We haven't seen Boromir or Faramir, Denethor, Denethor the second. What? Yeah, Blake. Uh, Blake. I also mentioned on the Twitch stream that he was like, this set is going like has a legend sub theme. Uh, yeah. So like one of the one of the cards called you cannot pass, which is why I was saying is it you cannot pass or shall not pass. But this one's a, a white instance that that says destroy target creature that was blocked, uh, or that blocked or was blocked by a legendary creature this turn. So there's a legendary sub theme because there are so many characters that they wanted to include. So yeah, you know your your mox ambers will get more powerful. Your Caracas will have more targets. Uh, as is the case with every set, but this one a little bit more densely. So the, there are two things that I want to ask you before we wrap up. Sure. Are you going to change out your basics for the map basics? No, man, because I have my basics are good, man. Like I have I have some great basics. Like I, I'm I'm using the synthwave basics for uh for my eight cast deck. Like that's t- two on point. Um I, I will use them for like EDH decks and stuff. I like to I like to just have like a bunch of a bunch of weird basics on hand. Like I I mm-hmm. you know we just got uh what the where are we at here? We just got these guys super cool. The uh the oil slick basics. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah these yeah. are these are rad. And it's great because in EDH, like, you know, like you don't have necessarily always a place to put all these things, but like if you have a deck that just needs like two of each basic or something like my Tom Bombadil deck is probably going to have a bunch of cool basics in it. I, I, I told, I told Watsi that I'm going to make a commander deck for every legend they put out. So mm-hmm. you can go to my mox field. Once they start, once this deck is out, I will literally be making a deck for every single legend. Uh, so, so, so yeah. let us know in the comments. The, this is the first news that I'm hearing that you're going to uh, embark upon this venture. If this is uh, 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 something that, if you are in the group of listeners to our podcast that would be interested in uh, Zach's Lord of the Rings themed EDH decks for each legend, uh, let us know if you want. Please comment. Want to see yeah, him? Yeah. L- let us know if you want uh, to see Zach produce his re- his EDH deck list videos that tell you the flavor of why he chose all the cards he did for each one. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for uh, for for now. Uh, this was a bit of a bonus episode, so uh, you'll be seeing this. I think tomorrow is Wednesday, um, and uh, like I said, you can check out that uh, interview I did with uh, Blake Rasmussen. You can check out the uh, reaction I had to the to the first look. Uh, you know, we did we interviewed Phil Phil Nguyen last week. Uh, that that's it for us to, uh, today. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check out this other video. And if you can, please support us on Patreon.com.